and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Valverde, a.k.a. RFL Red Zone, and Big Daddy Ranks, a.k.a. Walker Kelly. Boys, how are we doing today? I'm, I'm fine. Uh, we're, we're hanging in there. Um, yeah. Cat, cat, post, cat poster style? Just what? hang in there? Just hanging in oh, there? Yeah, Just hanging that in there. one. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Walker is getting food during this episode to give you an idea of his uh, energy level right now. Mike, how are you doing? Well, I okay, so my fantasy hometown season comes down to probably this week. If I lose, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I have it, – this is very frustrating for me because I probably have the best team, if not one of the best teams, top three for sure, because – uh, just points wise, I'm in the top three. And as you guys know, no Alvin Kamara, no Aaron Jones, CD Lamb's been hurt. Uh, no Logan Tom. I mean, my whole roster is just built on backups for the last four weeks. And I'm still in the top three in scoring. So it all comes down to this weekend and it all comes down to Kyler Murray because I picked up, um, uh, what's his name? Cam Newton. Um, last week because How'd that, worked actually, out for you? <laughs> uh, that that worked out yeah. and um, guess what he has a bye week this week and mm-hmm. guess what my other running quarterback Ryan Tannehill guess what he has a bye week this week so I'm left with Kyler Murray in the hopes that he plays uh, if he doesn't play then my my season is toast Jeez, Louise because uh, no running backs and then no quarterback. I will be starting no quarterback, no running backs, and a couple of good receivers, Deontay Johnson, C.D. Lamb. I started last night. Thank you guys for that. Uh, yeah. Bit. Um, but, yeah, and I have Cortland, Cortland Patterson, who's a stud, and Tampa Bay defense. But, yeah, no quarterback, no running backs. I don't think I'm going to win. Yeah, um, I'm the opposite. Uh, um I in my home league, I am facing, you know, I'm I'm probably gonna make the playoffs, but I need to win this week. And I had uh Taysom Hill, uh Tony Pollard, and C D Lamb. So I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, that's that's a threesome to take to the bank right there. Yeah. Uh, um and uh it's a return yards league. Uh and um I had Deontay yeah, Harris, I but I kept him on the bench. And so that 70-yard touchdown, I was like, oh, I forgot I benched him. Like, oh, it was, no. almost, it was <laughs> almost like, yeah, so um, pretty good uh, game last night for me. Um, so let's uh, let's get the housekeeping out of the way. So uh, I don't know why I'm so scattered right now. Um, this is the Football Absurdity Podcast, part of footballabsurdity.com, one of our three weekly podcasts. Um, you can find the review uh, every week on our Patreon, patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. Walker and I go over ranks in midweek. Sorry, that Patreon episode is me and Mike. Walker and I go over ranks in midweek. And then the three of us uh, do a preview on Friday. We also review Thursday Night Football. You can also check us out on Twitch dot tv slash football absurdity and you can check out our discord tiny.cc slash fb absurdity the twitter is at fball absurdity all those links are in the description um speaking of patrons we do have three new patrons this week Hell i yeah. want to go ahead and give some shout outs to uh brian Gregus got a live shout out last week because uh he he joined in the middle of mike and i recording uh so sh- or earlier this week so shout out brian Gregus, shout out uh mano suganitis and uh, shout out Tony Martin, who Tony is, uh, he does the Thursday Night Farce Ball. So he's you already, tits. 
yeah dj tits is his uh his name in uh the discord um so thank you very much everyone we really yep. appreciate it yeah tony's a real cool guy um he has his own podcast it's a uh, th and fantasy uh definitely recommend checking him out he um i met him in uh canton um one of the owners will lead brought him by he's a really cool uh interesting smart thoughtful guy so um big fan of his so glad to have him aboard uh both working for us and paying us which is a Hell of a grift. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Donald uh, <Trump> <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump would be would be proud. So um, let's talk about last night's game real quick, guys. So we got the Cowboys 27, Saints 17. Cowboys are eight and four. Saints are five and seven. Um, would it be accurate to say the story of the game is Taysom Hill? 264 passing yards, four picks, 100 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Um, both good and bad. Both good and bad. Uh, Walker last good, night said good for Taysom, fantasy, horrible in real life. Yeah. Absolutely. Walker said, uh, Taysom is ass. And I said, Taysom kicks ass. And both are true. Taysom sucks. He's not good at football. You have some ass. Yeah. 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 He's not good. He he's, uh, but yeah, he's going to run a lot and effectively he is good at running. So mm-hmm. that's big for fantasy. Um, yeah, he'll he'll be pretty much QB one every week that he plays just because he runs so much. Um, yeah. Deontay Harris had a cool play. Um, big uh, big L for me on my Traquan Smith is a decent play take. Um, it's just going to be a different guy every week, I guess. So um, I'm staying away from that. Even though Harris looked good, he just doesn't get enough work consistently to be a play every week. Yeah. Um, Ingram wasn't very good. They also didn't really give him the ball a whole lot, but I think that that, again, is probably going to be more of a trend with Hill going forward is that the running backs just don't get as much work because he does a lot of the running himself. Um, Yeah, there's not really anybody on this offense besides Hill that you can play. Yeah, and even then, Taysom Hill has mallet finger now. Um, He injured it partway through, I want to say, the second quarter. Uh, came back, played almost the whole game, threw the ball 41 times with the messed up finger. This is the the finger that messed up Russell Wilson. But Taysom Hill ain't no baby. He's going to play through it, apparently, because that is that is peak Taysom Hill energy. And uh, a, an injury to his passing hand that requires surgery. And he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to play through it. That's like peak Taysom Hill energy. So uh, shout out Taysom Hill. He's bad at football, but he's good for fantasy football. And uh I, I had the most fun watching him play last night uh, for pure fantasy since the Monday Night Miracle, the uh, the Ravens, uh, just having that bevy of fantasy points because he is stupid to watch on a football field. Like he does not do smart things. His throws are out of control. He's not smart when he does like when he when he makes decisions. Um, I was watching the scouts feed on Amazon and they kept calling his passes sinker balls. Because they would just kind of die at the very end. I think I think a lot of that was the finger, but I think a lot of that was also Taysom Hill. Um, he's on pace to go five for five as quarterback one weeks. Um, he's <laughs> he's stupid, and uh, sometimes fantasy football is stupid. And uh, I'm more than happy to start him for the rest of uh, his games this season. So, firing up Taysom Hill. Yep. Uh, Mike, uh, is there a different takeaway you want to have from this game? You want to talk a little bit about uh, your boy, uh, C.D. Lamb, who you weren't sure if you were going to start. Yeah, I had a question to you guys about um, C.D. Lamb. Um, 
I was debating between Thielen and C.D. Lamb. Now I'm debating between Thielen and Lockett. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad I proposed that because I was sort of on the fence there, and uh, you guys are like C.D. Lamb, and I'm like, okay, we'll do, sir, sirs, um, sirs, and uh, put him in, and he he had a great night. Came one yard away from running a touchdown in. Uh, oh, I was I was screaming, I was hooting and hollering, and then it, yeah, he got pulled down. Yeah, and unfortunately, Dak Prescott, who I'm um, talking about my home league, the guy that I'm playing against has Dak Prescott and threw the touchdown um, after that run. So, so you know, thanks, C.D. Lamb. You could have just tried a little bit harder. Um, but it's, you know, he, he, uh, he did good, uh, was targeted, I think, like an insane 15 amount of times or something like that. It was really, did really well. I I think the, the, the good thing about Taysom Hill just to put because it wasn't all negative was he looked a lot better dumping the ball off um, a couple passes Ty, Ty Montgomery and um, wasn't just a erratic mess as he was last year with Alvin Kamara so that should bring hopes for Alvin Kamara coming into next week if he plays who knows what he's ever going to do this year rest of the season um, but yeah it, that was a good that was probably the the only good thing that I saw out of Taysom Hill's performance I guess another good thing is it, it kind of buried how bad Dak Prescott was too uh, last night and he wasn't very good either I mean he was better than Hill but it wasn't like he had a Dak Prescott kind of night. No, and Dak Prescott, uh, yeah, 238 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Um, I mean, he he kind of had all of his weapons there. Um, Amari Cooper was recovering from COVID, so he didn't. He only played about 25 snaps. But it's really weird that Dak Prescott has kind of fallen apart. I mean, is it's possible he's still not? I mean he keeps getting banged up. He's, you know, he's obviously dealing with the ankle thing. And then it, in um, preseason, he was dealing with the shoulder blade. Now he has another injury. It could just be that he's stacking injuries. Cause if you look, he starts off, you know, if you look at his yards and touchdowns, like he's okay, he's doing okay. He's doing okay. Then he starts to sputter. And then he's just kind of like the last few games, he's averaging a touchdown and a pick a game. Like he's just kind of meh, you know, um, so I think a lot of that has to do with his rushing. Um, he's like 21st in rushing yards for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And let's see, what was he last year? He was, um, well, he was hurt. So that, that doesn't help, but yeah, that doesn't help. But uh, I'm just, just to your point, yeah. Mike, there's, there was a play in the first quarter where it was him and nothing but grass until the first down marker. And he threw the ball. Pretty much, you know, maybe two, three yards ahead of where he would have ended up if he just rushed the football. And I think that tells you that from on high, there was some sort of uh, uh, don't get hurt, Dak, um, thing. Or he's afraid of getting hurt. So that's why he got rid of the ball. So that might be something to figure out going forward. Because, I mean, we think of Dak as this guy that sprinkles on rushing yards. He has one game over 20 rushing yards this season. Yeah. And and I went back to... 2019 because can't really blame him for last year when he missed more than half the games yeah he was he was eighth in rushing yards as a quarterback exactly yeah and, so from and from eighth to 21st right exactly yeah and i mean if you look at especially over the last four weeks when he started to fall apart five zero three and negative three his only rushes this game were kneel downs at the end of the game so over the last four weeks his net for your fantasy team is five rushing yards he threw in a touchdown as well but it's like good God, man. Like that's, we were counting on Dak for rushing and without that rushing, he's I mean, Kirk cousins. 
yeah, Kirk Cousins like very yeah. much up somewhere around that 10 to 12 range. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he's got I, I say Kirk Cousins because he has all the weapons and he's he's not a transcendent as a thrower of the football. So but he's he's adequate. So, I mean, yeah, this is something we got to think about for next year. Um, I think um, his uh, his uh, injury prognosis going into the or coming out of the offseason will be a big deal um, for his 2022 ranks. Um, so let's talk about Zeke. Zeke should be sitting, right? Like that man looked terrible last night. Well, especially when you're comparing him to Tony Pollard and looking at how, how quickly Tony Pollard, um, is blowing by the rest of the defense while Ezekiel Elliott looks like he's running on one leg. Well, he is running on one leg. Exactly. (laughs) Um, but it, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, there's no reason for um, to, there's no reason for Ezekiel Elliott to be out there if he's hurting. Um, exactly. Tony Pollard can do everything Ezekiel Elliott can do, only better. The only thing that I could even imagine why Ezekiel Elliott's out there is because uh, maybe some kind of contract, um, you know, marks where if he rushes for so many, so many yards, he gets a boost in his contract, you know, performance wise um, outside of that, uh, there's no reason. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I said it last night on Twitter, which it's people are like, well, if he wants to be out there, he should be able to play. It's like every player should want to be out there. It's up to the coaching staff to tell them no. I mean, I'm not a world-class athlete, but my senior year, I was literally not supposed to play basketball. And I did not tell my coach that because I had a partially torn plantar fascia. It's like, but so I empathize with the like, hey, um, you're not going to take me off the field. It was the same thing we talked about with the like self-reporting of concussions. That's the reason why we have independent neurologists sitting on the sideline now, because players would be like, no, nah, fine. I have no concussion. It's good. Um I mean, you also have to do also, and the medical advice can only advise so much. Team doctors can only do so much when you're an adult. I mean, if you're, if you refuse medical care, then um, the only thing that really, it's handed down to the coach and to start or not, but you know, it, it is up to the player too, because they are adults and you can't, you know, diffuse those situations. I mean, in your case, that's a completely different story, but as far as these pro players go, it's, you know, you can only do so much if they, you know, want to play and go out there. Yeah. Um, and everybody's just going to want to go out there. So, right. um, so, all right. So CD lamb, Mike mentioned seven for 89, uh, Michael Gallup only five for 36, one touchdown, amazing touchdown, uh, but kind of saved your day. Um, I heard an insane stat. How many plays did the Cowboys and saints combine to run inside the 10 last night? Three. One, the Michael Gallup touchdown. Wow. That that was and that was because CD Lamb got dragged down by the one at the one. Because if right. you think of all think of all the scoring plays, they're all long runs. They're a Deontay Harris long run. They're a Tony Pollard long run, catch and run. You right. know, they're they're um they're just uh who's oh the little Jordan Humphrey was also a long catch and run. You know, it's just like, huh. Yeah, that's the only play that they they ran inside the uh inside the ten. So uh, very interesting. And um, let's just say uh, if Tony Pollard sits, uh, I'm sorry, if Zeke Elliott sits, where are we putting Tony Pollard uh, for the rest of the season? Like if they say, um, you know, if they throw Zeke on IR, we'll say, let's say last night convinced them they need to let him rest for three weeks. Pollard's got uh, Washington, the Giants and Washington over the next three weeks. So I'm thinking he's an RB one. 
if uh, there's no Zeke? Well, are you mean RB1 is in 1 through 12, or is yeah. RB1 overall? No, not RB1 overall. Okay. I just wanted to clarify. I didn't think you meant that, but I just wanted a complete understanding. Um, Yeah, no, he's top 12 for sure. Uh, I, I'd say he hits a couple top, top five weeks in there as well. Um, So, it, yeah, there's... I mean, talking about set and forget, if you have Tony Pollard and Elliott's on the bench, uh, you, you put Pollard in. I mean, you do it. You do it now. You just put him in now yeah. and you forget about it for the rest of the season because the dude's just going to be awesome. I'm going to I'm going to love watching Tony Pollard and I hate the Cowboys. So, yes, Tony Pollard, 100 percent top 12. There you go. Walker, what are your what are your thoughts? No, I completely agree with Mike. Um, I, I would expect Pollard to be. I mean, honestly, he could be top five over those three weeks easily. Um, very talented player, getting a ton of touches and a pretty high-octane offense against weak defenses. Um, yeah, no, that all sounds like a great formula to me. Yeah, so sounds good. Um, is there anything else you guys want to add about this game? Or are you ready to get into this weekend's games? I picked Dallas in case you were wondering. Okay, I was wondering. Uh, I think I, Mike I, I put I put Dallas in for you because I kind of figured Walker would go that direction. Okay. Thanks. Uh, Mike, do you want to talk about the the winners and losers, the um the picks? Sure, absolutely. All right, let's talk about that because we keep putting them uh, at the end of each game, but we haven't reviewed them in a while or at all. If I'm if I'm being specific. Yeah, yeah, we we haven't um we haven't done um done a review this year, but now's a great time as any. Uh. So we started this in week four. So the first three weeks were not included, but um, it's it's been a very very tight race through 12 weeks. Uh, now Jeff has 71 points, Walker has 71 points, and I have 70. Yes. So, <laughs> I always come in last. Um, yeah, you had a you had a very good week this week. Um, I had a good week this week, and Walker had a very poor week this week. He only got four teams right, um, which is very un- unlike Walker. So his he finally had a dip in in weeks, and that yeah, I sucked. Sure. I sucked hard this week. Um, um, I only gotcha. got five. I only got five in my own pick'em, and uh, that was because I didn't change my Jets pick in that one, like I did <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Good God. Um, so, all right, cool. Sounds good. So it's a, it's a close game down the stretch. It's not like the DFS game last year where I, no, just, where I just walked over everybody. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing for second and even then I was failing uh, to Evan who had to do them by hand because it was illegal for him in his state to have FanDuel to use FanDuel. So um, very, very fun times then. So, all right, boys, let's get into week 13. Um, so we've got, uh, See two te- four teams on by. Who's on by this mm-hmm. week? Four teams, yeah. Two teams, um, on by. So I'm definitely not stopping. It's stupid. The NFL fix this. Why do you have twelve teams on by in like week five, and <laughs> four teams in week three, and four teams next week? This is stupid. NFL, get your act together. There you go. Mike's feisty today. Mike's fighting. Mike's fighting all all comers. Uh, but he did. He did. Uh. He did vamp long enough for me to find who's on by Browns, Packers, Titans, and Panthers. So uh, no Chubb, no Jones, no Devonte, no Aaron Rodgers, nobody from the Titans. <laughs> no Dontrell Hilliard. Yeah, 
No doubt. Which uh, Mike, we talked to, or we talked about picking up Deonta Foreman for free after waivers ran. Guess who did that in my home leagues? And I have a free little, uh, you know, RB forty-five sitting on my bench right now. One hundred yard run, yard, rushing yards last week. That's right. So, all right, let's get into the games. Uh, first one up on the docket is Tampa Bay eight and three travels to Atlanta five and six. This is a fifty point five point over under um, injury news for this one. I mean. Mike was right. Mike was right. He kept saying Antonio Brown is going to do something incredibly stupid at some point, <laughs> which, which I don't know how right Mike could be, because that's like Mike being like, you know, the sun's going to rise. Yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, Christmas is on the 25th, you know, so, yeah. yeah. All right. So Antonio Brown forged his COVID card uh, to the NFL or at least tried to. So he's facing a three game suspension for that. So that's going to put him out for weeks 13, 14 and 15. Still dealing with the ankle. Um, So you're looking at week 16 and 17. Um, If you're in dire straits, I mean, you can cut him. But if you're if you're I mean, just cut him because he's a moron. Just (laughs) you moron. Yeah. It's one of the, it's just like, and, and the thing is too, is people talk about like him and Aaron Rodgers, like standing up for what they believe in. And uh, sorry guys, I'm going to go on a bit of a rant. They're not standing up for what they're belie- what they believe in. They're being cowards. Aaron Rodgers lied to reporters and uh, Antonio Brown tried to lie to the NFL. They are not standing up for what they believe in. They are trying to have it both ways. They are trying to trick people. There, there was a guy who got arrested in Italy yesterday because he had a silicone arm that he tried to get the shot in and so that he could get a vax card without actually getting vaccinated. This is all cowardice. I have, I vehemently disagree with Kirk Cousins and I vehemently disagree with Cole Beasley and I vehemently disagree with Carson Wentz, but at least those three put themselves out there and said, this is what I believe. Aaron Rodgers tried to lie his way through it till he got caught. Same with Antonio Brown. And Aaron Rodgers, entire thing was like, well, you can't yell at me. You're not allowed to yell at me. BS. If you're going to have a stance, stand up for it or don't have the stance at all. Like they don't they did not fight for what they believed in. They took the coward's way out. They tried to have it both ways. And this is what happens. Don't take the coward's way out. Freaking losers. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse. First, folks, Aaron Rodgers, loser. You know what? I have. Uh, watched in person Aaron Rodgers get the snot kicked out of him three times by the 49ers. So I can confirm yeah. Aaron Rodgers. One of which by loser. Colin Kaepernick. Yep. One of which by Jimmy Garoppolo, which is even more embarrassing. Oh, I'm sure well, that one's more embarrassing, but I'm sure that the Colin Kaepernick loss hurt him more given his proclivities. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, It definitely hurt Clay Matthews. He was literally mad about it for years. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Um. So that's the injury news for Tampa Bay is me screaming about Antonio Brown. Um, Rashad Perriman was uh, brought up to the active roster. Uh, Carlton Davis, cornerback, was in, uh, activated from IR. Um, for the Falcons, Quadri Olison returned to practice. He's got an illness, non-COVID, and the whole NFL is eats some bad clams or something because everybody's missing time with just like tummy rumbles. Getting sick. Yeah, they're all getting sick. Uh, they're all doing the um, the uh, Lamar. Lamar Jackson walk. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got to do a dance song about that. Do the Lamar Jackson? Do the Lamar. We'll find out who did do the Bartman. We'll make him do a sequel. Do the Lamar. <laughs> do all the right. Lamar. <laughs> Walker, what is your question for us for this game? Uh, I want to know about uh, 
Cordero Patterson after his breakout season as a running back this year. Um, what's his 2022 value? Where would you take him in redraft? Uh, definitely within the first uh, 10 rounds. That is not specific enough. <laughs> but if you're going to have a take, long. stand by it. Jeff okay. Crisco. So I was actually looking at this. I'm thinking late round two um, is probably where I'm going to end up taking him. But more than likely, it'll probably be early round three because of roster construction. Because round two, I'm probably going to be looking at a wide receiver because I'm probably taking a stud running back in round one. I'm probably going to get a wide receiver in round two or if like a um, uh, a tight end falls to me, like if Travis Kelsey falls to me at the top of round two, I'll do that. But for Cordero Patterson, I'm thinking he's probably like running back like 15 next year because there's going to be that hedging of like he's 30. Like he has an amazing year, but he's 30 and he's also the only viable weapon because teams are expending so much effort and energy to stop Kyle Pitts. I think another question is if Calvin Ridley comes back, because I think that'll be good right. for him because it'll be the 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 focus will be more diluted away from him. So I'm thinking I don't I probably take him. I'm looking at um, guys this year. Like I would take obviously Henry Taylor, CMC, Mixon, Kamara, Chubb, Najee ahead Swift. of him, Swift, Cook. Well, with Cooks, we'll see what's going Gibson, on with Cooks. Yeah, Gibson, Eckler. Oh, I said Eckler. will probably go ahead of him next Devontae. year. I think the question is, too, is like um, – We'll see how good the rookies coming in are. We could have another Najee situation where yeah. a guy jumps up. I mean, I think the only guy who's even close to being like a, even an early second round pick is Kenneth Walker. Mm-hmm. So I, I I mean, he's very good, but I, I don't think he's the type of guy who's going to come in and immediately be like a top six running back. OK, I, I haven't watched college yet this year so i'm not 100 percent sure on the on the class but that's why i see him probably late round two early round three um because he's only done this once and he's been in the league for so long so you know he i'm not going to take him as my first running back he would definitely be my second and yeah. uh, I, I would definitely take a third very high like i will definitely be in like the like a michael carter sweepstakes as my rb3 or something like that right and that's the type of roster construction that i would like to not have Mm-hmm. And so I personally won't take Cordero Patterson next year. I mean, I, an over 30 running back, I'm just not going to do it. But um, in terms of his value, I mean, I think the proper place to put him would probably be as a mid to back end RB2 range. So, I mean, I think he goes in the running back dead zone. He's probably a fourth round pick. Wow. I think a lot of people... We'll be doing the exhaling emoji. I can't believe you let Cordero Patterson fall to the fourth round if that it's happens. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be the same uh, as the TikTok you shared of the guy being like pounding the window telling <laughs> his past self not to take Allen Robinson in the fourth round. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that that's a good question because um, it's it's hard to evaluate. In in a salary cap draft or an auction draft, I, I He's probably one of the guys that goes for like 10 bucks that you just like take a couple of them as a dart throw. And that's that's probably where I'm more likely to lean in on. Yeah. In in a salary cap draft, he's more of a viable pick than in a than in a snake draft, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Again, if they if uh, the Falcons bring in a, a stud running back, then it's all, you know, all all. All bets are off. Like if they bring in like a, I don't know, a, a Miles Gaskin type. <laughs> Mike, what do you think about Cordell Patterson next year? 
I've seen it before. Um, these guys, they, they have these great one years and they disappear. He's a one year wonder. He won't touch, touch my team at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to take him. I'm saying if I had to take, that's probably where he will end up getting value. Right. I, I agree with you. I, I, I don't have any problems with what you're saying or either while either, either one of you where he's going to end up. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you're, you guys are exactly right. People are going to be like, if he drops past round two, people are like, Oh my God! Did you did you did you just pass up Cortland Patterson? Well, thank you very much because that's what I'm going to do right now. And first pick of the round three, it's pick Cortland Patterson championship. Well, no, um, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and um, it's it's the kind of thing where I don't want to take a guy in the third round and then I have to immediately turn around and like defend against defend him against him falling apart on my roster by taking by getting backed into another running back like i don't want to do that right. like that's that's yeah. you know your first three picks should be the core of your roster and your third one shouldn't be like okay well i took i took cordero patterson so now i have to get uh um this other running like i have to get this running back or else i'm gonna be screwed if he goes like no i'm not gonna build my roster that way so i also um, think the falcons do something at running back this year um as far as the draft um a running back because uh you know you don't want Cortland patterson he's a good gadget guy but you don't want him carrying the ball you know 12 15 times and you obviously everybody knows that mike davis didn't work out so that leaves the falcons in a in a position where they're going to have to get a running back in the first two rounds yeah so um i agree and um you know quadri ellison isn't the answer there um i feel like there's another guy they brought in am i out of control or did I just? I think I just. Uh, I Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman. Oh yeah, Wayne Gallman. Yeah. yeah. Obviously not the not answer. The answer. They're not even giving him the equation because. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're not even giving him the workbook. To, right. To, to exactly. get Wayne Gallman's like, how am I supposed to complete my homework? You didn't give me any assignments. <laughs> um. So I got a question for you guys for this game. Um. What is it? Is Kyle Pitts ever going to do anything? Uh, I mean, what do you mean by ever? I mean, the man had two good games this year. Yeah. And I mean, they were I, both against, like, they're against the Jets, who were, who continue to be the worst team in football, and the Dolphins, who at that point were one of the worst teams in football. So, and then outside of that, it's been like, since then, it's been 13, 62, 60, 29, 26 yards. Like, he's supposed to be built different. This doesn't seem very different to me. I mean, I don't think that, uh, I don't think this is going to be like a 20-yard game. I would expect it to be more of a, like a 60-yard game because the Bucks are bad at defending the pass. But, um, no, I mean, Atlanta's offense just isn't very good. So I don't expect him to have these blow-up games. He's just a he's a high-floor back-end tight end one. Yeah, I mean. Uh, he's like, I, what? He's, he's, he's better Tyler Conklin. Wow, that is a damning condemnation of uh of uh Kyle Pitts there so I, I might actually even lean I mean in so this is what this is this is the tricky part about this is the gray line of fantasy football I would rather start Tyler Conklin than Kyle Pitts but you know Kyle Pitts is a better player so <laughs> and you drafted him early so you don't want to start Kyle Pitts over Tyler Conklin but if I actually have to force myself to pick which player is going to actually have a better productive day, I might lean more towards Kyler Conklin. 
I mean, it, there is something to be said for that Kyler, Tyler Conklin has, God, it, it's going to be one of those days again. I can't talk. Um, Tyler Conklin uh, could have a better day, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree. I, I would probably still start Kyle Pitts just because um, if I want four points, I know Tyler Conklin will get me four points, but Kyle Pitts still has that, like the volume to get me like 14. And I just don't think without a touchdown, Tyler Conklin has that volume. Well, he doesn't, but it's it's the fact that he, it's almost who has a better ceiling, almost. And I think you're kind of yeah. speaking to that, but I, more, I guess more risk it, more biscuit will go to Conklin. But as far as um, what you're going to get, I, I still think Conklin is. I mean, we're even so we're still we're still comparing Conklin to Kyle Pitts. That that's. That's how yeah. bad it is. Yeah, that's that's right. That that's the main point is that the fact that it's even a conversation is not great for your Kyle Pitts shares. I mean, when the year started, the conversations were Kyle Pitts or TJ Hawkinson and, and Mark Andrews. Now it's Kyle Pitts or Tyler Conklin and James O'Shaughnessy. Like right. James O'Shaughnessy, I mean, if things keep going the way we think, he probably has as much guaranteed volume as Kyle Pitts does. Right, because that's who uh, Trevor Lawrence targets. Yeah, uh, targeted him week one, and then Dan Arnold came in through trade because Shaughnessy was hurt, and Dan Arnold became a thing until he got hurt. So I, I have every firm belief that looking at week one and looking over the course of the season, that um, O'Shaughnessy is a fine PPR play at that position. <sighs> Guys, Tyler Conklin has one fewer top twelve game this year than Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so. Yeesh. And let's just see. Let's just punch in Mark Andrews here really quick. Oh, Mark no. Andrews has seven to Pitts is four. And Hawkinson has six to Pitts is four. So I don't think he's built that different. Um, all right. Uh, Walker, let's let's get into Walker's win, loser, drops. We're going to do this thing where we spend a half hour on one game again. Uh, yeah, my win, lose, draw is uh, Leonard Fournette, Kyle Pitts and Rob Gronkowski. Um, I am going to go Kyle Pitts draw because I think uh, Leonard Fournette kind of takes a backseat this week because um, Tom Brady always chews up the Falcons through the air. And so because of that, I think Gronk is a win. Okay. What about you, Mike? I totally agree. And just to, just to look at, um, I agree with Jeff, um, how many uh, top 12 weeks or tight ends that have had more than Pitts. There's like Ertz, Andrews, Knox, Schultz, Fant, Hawkinson, Kelsey, Higby, Waller, Kittle, Friermuth, Arnold, Gesicki, Ingram, Gronkowski. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he's at four for the year. And, um, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm tracking his number of weeks as a top, top, uh, top 12 tight end because um, Friermuth's on pace to have the best rookie season ever and not uh, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, so. he, uh, yeah, but, Which, yeah to be happening. fair, is is entirely due to situation. Exactly, and I think that that's the thing that not enough people take into account for year to year. They just it's it's the dynastification of fantasy analysis, which is I'm going to believe in talent and eventually I'll be correct, which does not work for redraft. You right. know. We don't look closely enough at situation. And when you bring up situation, people scream at you. Like I said, look, we could have seen Arthur Smith uh, running a conservative offense and Matt Ryan being dust. And that's why 
um, Kyle Pitts isn't going to have a good rookie year on top of rookie tight ends don't have good years. And then, I mean, let's be clear here. No, we shouldn't have seen the fire move thing coming. It happens or it happened and is happening for... exactly because of Juju's injury. So we can't, I'm not sitting here saying that we saw Pat Frymuth coming, but that situation works better because um, like they're going to throw a lot and Juju is, is uh, gone and Deontay takes coverage. And so, you know, that's what's going to happen. Okay. I'm, I'm done. We're done talking about Kyle Pitts. All right. Well, I, well one um, more thing. One more thing about Kyle Pitts. Mike. It's a positive thing. Um, He's built. He is a unicorn. Kyle Pitts. We all know that Kyle Pitts has just one touchdown on the year, and he's the tight end seven. Dawson Knox and Pat Firemuth have six and seven touchdowns, and they're still behind Kyle Pitts um, in tight end overall. So if Kyle Pitts has just two more touchdowns, this guy, this isn't even a case about him struggling. Sure. I mean, he's still playing well on the field. It's not right. That's not the that's not what we're saying. We're not saying he's bad. We're just saying the situation's bad enough that you shouldn't have picked him where you picked him. But we've been saying that for 12 weeks. So, yeah. All right. Exactly. Let's move on. This is the last I time we talk about Kyle Pitts. Shown some positive light. That's all. The next time we talk about Kyle Pitts is 2022. I have decreed. That's it. right. All right. Um, Who wins this one? I'm going Tampa, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa wins. This won't even be close. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bus off. All right, next game is Arizona at Chicago. Arizona nine and two, Chicago four and seven. Forty four point over under. Arizona seven and a half point favorites. Um, I read an article about weather this week. There's gonna be some nasty weather games. Um, this is probably gonna be one of them. A fifty percent or better chance um, is likely for rain this weekend, and it's going to be a uh, strong rain. So just something to keep in mind. Um, of course. <laughs> who, who said that? Me. Mike. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Andy Dalton will start because Justin Fields is still dealing with his rib injury. Allen Robinson is doubtful with a hamstring injury. Uh, Cole Kermet uh, is dealing with a groin injury and returned to limited practice on Thursday. Um, I have not seen an update for from him. This is definitely going to be a weekend where you uh, double check the injury reports um, before you decide your start sits because there's a lot of guys questionable. Um, Byron Murphy, cornerback for the Cardinals, is questionable with a foot injury. DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray are both game time decisions. And thank God this is a 10 a.m. game because this would normally be a 125 game for them and you might be screwed. So just wait and see what happens with them. Um, but it looks like DeAndre Hopkins is expected uh, to play, but it's just a game time decision. So we'll we'll get official word on that um, on Sunday morning. So for this one, Mike, what do you want to talk about um, in this game? I want to know how Kyler is Kyler Murray is going to respond in a typhoon because you know his his first day, hopefully his first game back after injury, he's going to be in a typhoon. Um, and so how is he going to respond in a typhoon? I really don't care right now because he's probably not going to play and my team sucks. <laughs> it sounds like he he should be playing, but I think the other question is like, um, you know, did actually resting his shoulder and everything and his, and his various injuries, it started with the shoulder, but I believe it's a hamstring is what his official injury report designation is. Let me double check. I thought check. it was ankle. Ankle. Yeah. 
So let's see if actually resting him helps him because last year he dealt with the injury and um, prior to injuring himself against Seattle, uh, he got a shoulder injury. He was throwing for 265 yards, two touchdowns and a pick a game while rushing for 62 yards. After that point, it was 221 yards, one touchdown and uh, 0.7 picks and only 33 rushing yards per game. So that's what I thought you were going at, which is last year he kind of did not rest the injury and kind of fell apart. So I'm curious if resting him will help him bounce back and give his managers uh, some good thing to uh, hang their hat on down the stretch if they have a playoff run going. Yeah, I like that question. Let's use that one. Okay. Uh, All right, uh, Walker, how about that question? Uh, Sorry, what what question now? Do do we think that Kyler Murray's resting him if he'll bounce back to form against the Chicago Bears or if it's going to be another situation like last year where where he's going to play timid and pensive? Like, no, I don't. I don't think that uh, uh, I don't think that Kyler is going to turn into a pumpkin again. Um, I don't think this is going to be like a massive game for him. First game back, weird weather against a decent defense. I mean, if you've got him, you're going to play him. Um, I'd say he's more of a back end QB one this week than like a surefire top five guy. But I think he'll be fine. Okay, sounds good. So, um, Mike, uh, who is your win, loser, draw in this one? Um, I wouldn't lose draw Kyler Murray, Darnell Mooney, or James Conner. All right. Do you want to go first, Walker, or do you want me to? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I'll say I'll say Kyler is the loss, I guess, because a back-end QB one week is lower than his season-long points per game rank. Um, I'll give Mooney the draw and Conner the win because it just screams to me a 19-touch, 65-yard, two-touchdown game for Connor. The James Connor special, baby. Um, so I'm going to go uh, loss Kyler Murray because of all the things that I outlined. I just – I don't know. He seems to have trouble with injuries. Win is going to be Darnell Mooney um, over the last four weeks. So since Halloween, uh, 88 yard, or 87 yards per game on five catches. He's getting 10 targets, more importantly, per game. Um, he does have a 16-target game in there, but he also has a six-target game. So that kind of evens out. Um, he scored touchdowns in two out of the last three. I just think that he is kind of taking a uh, step forward as the number one. Um, the phrase that we all know and love, the alpha in Chicago. We all love that phrase, right? That's a that's definitely a normal phrase. Um, and Connor will be the draw, because like Walker said, I uh, 65 yards, two touchdowns. That's just what James Goddard does. So um, let, let me see here. Uh, we're not starting Dalton. Um, if Allen Robinson plays, are we going to start him? Nope. No. Exactly. Are we cutting Allen like Robinson? Commit. Uh, no, Allen Robinson, because you should have done it like three weeks ago. Oh, there it is. All right. Um, and then, Mike, you mentioned Cole Komet. So are we starting Cole Komet or Zach Ertz? Ertz. I'm going to start Zachary Ertz. I was going to say, go with your gut. Zach Ertz, as good as Cole Komet was last week, he is banged up, and Zach Ertz has been pretty good with the Cardinals. Um, he's played five games. He has three touchdowns, and he's averaging 54 yards per game. And he does have the game where I dropped him for Dan Arnold, three for 27. Tough 
And that was against the 49ers, who are very good against tight ends. So uh, that gives you an idea. Uh, Zach Ertz is, I would say, I would throw him up in the Dallas Goddard territory now. Uh, maybe, probably higher than Dallas Goddard now, I'm thinking higher. about. Yeah. yeah. He's top four, I think, of tight ends right now. Woo! All right. No, uh, never mind. Top nine. There you go. Top nine. That that that's not saying much. Um, and we're starting David Montgomery, but just low expectations, like back end running back too, right? Yeah, especially against his defense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, who wins? Arizona in a lapper. I agree. Yeah, Arizona's Chicago just doesn't have the offense. There you go. I think my new strategy is I'm going to uh, just do whatever Walker says and make him go first. And then that way I cannot fall behind Walker. And so <laughs> I'm Ooh. looking at worst case scenario, second place. Ooh. Folks, it's time for some game theory. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, let's go on to the next game. Chargers at Bengals. This was actually the game that made me look into weather this weekend because it is going to be very cold and very rainy for a Chargers team that usually plays in uh, Los Angeles, the city of angels. So just something to think about uh, Chargers, Los Angeles, the big apple, the windy city. <laughs> is that where they have the golden gate bridge? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Well, the bridge goes, so there's, there's the arch and then the bridge goes through the arch. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mike has gotten up and left. Mike's done. No, uh, I just went to go get a. He went to go get a Dr Pepper. This guy loves Dr, Dr. Pepper. Pepper. And so yeah. he's sponsored by Dr Pepper. All of us drink it. I have Hell some. Yeah. I got some in the fridge downstairs because uh, I gave Walker my one bad food take, and I'm actually getting away from it. I have a garage fridge now, and now I am drinking soda cold, and it is fantastic. There it we go. Wonderful. See, Jeff, you're learning. But there's another bad food take floating out there that I cannot believe you did not get. Well, I don't know it, so I, I've never I, seen I post, it. I posted about it twice in the last month, which is I eat the whole apple now. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> What's wrong with you? But you didn't before? Animal. I, I, no. I love the whole apple. Walker, <sighs> do it. Eat the whole apple. It's no. Fine. It's I fine. don't even eat apples, dude. What? They're fine. This is psychosis. No, I just don't like to eat, like, a, a whole apple. I don't know. I, I like to have it in other stuff. I guess that's fair. I, like I guess... cook with it. Uh, if you don't like to just like have a piece of fruit as a snack, it, it wouldn't be like, okay, my meal is this apple. Like it's definitely a well, snack. No, but like, yeah, you, I put it, you put it in stuff. I mean, yeah. Okay, fine. Fine. Uh, Mr. Olives and spaghetti. This guy loves mission olives and spaghetti. I never said that. <laughs> I did not say that. This guy loves black. I love Kalamata olives in pretty much anything. Call you know how that—that's how sliders occurred, right? What? Yeah, the, show? the, the hit TV show Sliders starring no, the no, the hamburger sliders from White Castle. White Castle was one of the first um, fast food restaurants, and basically what it what it ha transpired was um, the owner who became the owner of White Castle was cooking spaghetti with a meatball and got frustrated because the meatball wouldn't cook on time, so he smashed it out of frustration and saw like a hamburger shape and began selling them and from henceforth became white castle really great yep. that's interesting it did was he also the one who lost his poor meatball when somebody sneezed it was no <laughs> that's how rain was invented by the way uh, okay all right <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That's so dumb. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh Char- Chargers, Bengals. Uh, no injuries listed on the Chargers side uh, for the Bengals. Chris Evans is doubtful, but who cares? Unless you're the guy who got backed into starting him against me in Scott Fishbowl, which good luck <laughs> with that a couple weeks ago. Um, he's doubtful. Zach Taylor expects Riley Reef to play. Uh, this weekend, he's been dealing with an ankle issue. He is the right tackle for the Bengals, so that's good. And that's all the injury stuff listed uh, for this game. So um, this is my question. And my question for you guys is, um, I kept going back and forth in this one because this these teams are, like, very parallel. Like, you've got, like, Mix and Eckler, like, very good, uh, you know, like, must-start um, running backs. And then you've got uh, Burrow and Herbert, who are, like, borderline good start uh, second year quarterbacks. And then you've got like Chase and Keenan Allen who are like n- number one, not fantasy number one receivers, but in that range. And then I got to like Tyler Boyd and Mike Williams, both guys that I don't want to start and have been bad starts for a while now. And I'm curious if hey, you guys, think hey, that... hey, 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 do you remember when Mike Williams was going to have a hundred and a th- or a thousand and ten? Thousand and ten, baby. Yeah. And you know what? They stopped using him right. So. I'm, this is so. This is why you take your victory laps as soon as it's evident that you might be correct, because 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 this might happen to you. And Walker, here's the thing: he might still do that. He is 700. If, he's on. If he, if he gets a weird touchdown stretch, he yeah yeah. Technically, he's on a season-long pace to do it, but like, come on. I just need him to get hurt like early in this game to be like Walker. He's pacing for a thousand and ten. What do you want from me? begging for injuries that's right Um, just call this guy javante williams twitter oh god javante williams twitter loves it's imagine being melvin gordon being like oh man uh let me just log on to twitter.com to see what's going on dealing with this injury Um, and everybody's like i'm so glad melvin gordon finally died they're like i hope melvin gordon falls in a ditch and gets buried Um, anyways, do you guys see this as the last stand game for both Tyler Boyd and Mike Williams? Both guys who have both been struggling, uh, pretty, pretty up and down lately. Like I see this as the last stand game. If they don't make it in this one, I'm fine moving on with them. No, I mean, I, I, I would have moved on from Tyler Boyd before this, to be honest. (laughs) He's clearly the third guy in that offense with both Chase and Higgins healthy. He just takes a backseat at this point. So I'm not interested, especially in a cold, rainy game against a good defense. No, uh, don't play him this week. Mike Williams, I don't think I would, like, cut him if he has a bad week. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely not a weekly play. He's a he's a matchup play. Okay. And what's the matchup that you would play him in? Uh, a good one. I not guess this one. Uh, the Chiefs, they've got the Chiefs in week 15 and the Chiefs, well, the Chiefs have been a lot better Chiefs lately. Have actually, the Chiefs are actually good against receivers. Yeah, they, they started the year pretty bad, but they've been very good lately. Um, so, oh, I guess the Texans in week 16, that's his good matchup yep. coming up. So, um, so, okay. Um, Mike, what do you think about this? I, I think you can move away from Tyler Boyd and Mike Williams. I do believe Mike Williams will hit that thousand and ten. Yeah. Seven forty and seven, but with. And he gets an extra game. So, yeah, it's I, I think that'll happen, but it's not what people thought it was. I mean, he, ha- he hasn't had a relevant game in I don't know how long. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think you definitely move on. You don't even I don't even know if it's the last stand now because I, I moved on from them a couple weeks ago. 
Okay. Um, so, all right, guys, win, lose, or draw for this one. Eckler, Mixon, and Justin Herbert. Mm, uh, I'm going win again, Joe Mixon. Um, the Chargers' only weakness on defense is stopping the run. This is a bad weather game. They're going to lean heavy on Mixon. Um, I'll say the draw is Eckler because I expect him to have a solid game. And then the loss is Herbert just because it's a long road trip to an East Coast team for a West Coast team, and the weather isn't going to be great. Yeah, I'm going to flip Mixon and Eckler just because I think Mixon is going to have his typical like top five game. Um, I don't think he, he's going to be any better than what he's been. And then Eckler sure. um, is going to get the win because I see him having better than the top seven game. Um, but it's really close. I mean, either one of these guys um, win draw are, are both going to be excellent um, plays. Um, and then Justin Herbert is the loss. So either way you go, um, win or draw with Eckler and Mixon, you can't go wrong. All right. Um, who wins? I'm going to take Cincinnati. I'm going with the Chargers. It's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go Cincinnati at home. Yeah, I'm going Cincinnati at home. Brought up the good point. I think it was Walker that um, the Chargers struggle against running backs, and it's going to be an ugly game. So, um, All right. Let's go ahead and move on to... The next game, which is Minnesota and Detroit um, injuries. Don't sound so excited. <laughs> All right, I'm dealing with my both my dog and cat both walked in here at the same time. So I'm curious what the hell they want. So I'm very distracted right now. Um, so let's see. Minnesota injuries for this one are Christian Jarrasaw is out this weekend. Left tackle for the Vikings. Uh, Patrick Peterson is questionable with COVID. Uh, Anthony Carr or Barr did not practice with a hamstring issue and uh, Dalvin Cook will not be playing this weekend. He's expected to miss at least weeks 13 and 14. Um, so we'll see how that develops uh, for the Lions. Let's talk about those Detroit Lions. Is that excited enough for you, Walker? Mm-hmm. OK, perfect. They're improving. Jamar Jefferson with a knee and an ankle issue not listed on the week 13 injury report. And let's take a look over Woo-hoo. at right tackle Panay Sewell. He is questionable with the shoulder injury. DeAndre Swift, star running back, is unfortunately out. And it feels like a long shot for him to return in week 14. Is that good? Did I do that right? I mean, that was that was a good bit, whatever bit it was. I don't know. <laughs> it was me being enthusiastic about it. I, I, I uh, thought yeah, you were no, auditioning was... for WKAID. Well, that was me. That's that's all radio is, is being fake enthusiastic. Um, Walker, your question is uh, Jay Will. It's going to be a big yeah. Jay weekend, I think. Yeah. Uh, is going to be a top 12 running back this week? Uh, top 12. I would say no, not top 12, only because I don't think he scores. I think he gets a lot of fancy points. I think he's like 15. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I have him ranked at 14. So, yeah, I would agree with you that he'll be good this week, but but not like elite level. Yeah. Mike, what do you think? I, I like him top 12. Why not? Um, he's going to catch. He has catching ability. He's, he can score touchdowns. Um, he's not as electrifying as DeAndre Swift, but 
he's still a very, very capable back, uh, and he's going to have the lion's share, the lot to himself, and I think uh, top 12 is very, very feasible. Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, what do you guys think of uh, Josh Reynolds in this game? Uh, he's a viable uh, he's a viable streamer. I mean, Minnesota is the second worst against opposing receivers, so it's a pretty juicy matchup. So you would expect one Lions receiver to do pretty well, and he's the most likely based on experience, based on connection with Goff. So, yeah, I mean, like I said on the rankings episode, I think I, I would guess he'd have like four for 70 and – he may or may not score. If he does, then he had a really good week for you. And if he didn't, then he was still a solid flex guy. Okay. Sounds good. By the way, yeah, I turned I, off I, my I, background yeah. effects. I turned off my background effects so you can guys can see what I'm dealing with here. My dog is just has her paws up on my armrest. So <laughs> I don't know what she wants. So if I sound distracted, that's why. <laughs> Feed me. Yeah. Um, no, it's not time for dinner. All right. I do have Josh Reynolds in my flex article. So. I do believe he's flex worthy. He's flex. He's he's uh has some flex appeal. All right. Um. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, trying to think. Uh, I guess we'll just go into win, lose, or draw because this game's mostly straightforward in terms of start sits. Um. So Walker, you've got Alexander Madison, Justin Jefferson, and T.J. Hawkinson. So I'm gonna make I'm gonna make Mike go first. Um, I'm gonna go Alexander Madison with the win. Uh, Justin Jefferson with the loss and TJ Hawkinson with the draw. So how come JJ is the loss? I'm curious. Well, because Alexander Madison rarely gets any play. He's obviously going to get the win. Um, And then I have to now decide between the loss between Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson. And Adam Thielen is pretty much being outplaying Justin Jefferson, as we know, we talked about that on Tuesday, uh, and I can I can see that continuing. Um, also, this is a game that Minnesota should dominate, so passing game might falter as the game goes on, um, giving less options to Justin Jefferson. Okay, that's fair. I will. I, I it's hard to not see Alexander Madison as the win here. Um, I'll go the loss as TJ Hawkinson because um, it's just if I had to pick a guy to lose, it would be TJ Hawkinson just because they could mysteriously give Josh Reynolds and Amon Ross St. Brown like 45 percent of their targets. And then Jamal Williams gets another 15 percent and then the, yeah. you know the rest gets chopped up. It, it's not because I don't believe in Hawkinson or I don't believe in, um, you know, Goff's ability and desire to get him the football. It's more these offenses that. Um, kind of have a lot of guys that are mostly the same. Um, they, you know, they could have, a, they could have a weird blow up thing. Like last week where it was like for the Eagles, like Jalen Rager got seven targets for no reason. Like that could easily be like Amon Ross St. Brown this week. So that's yeah. why I would, I would peg him as a, as a loss. Walker would, oh, go there's ahead. that big stretch where TJ Hawkinson wasn't even putting up nine points. So it's not like that can happen again. Yeah, it's not like that so far out of the realm of possibility. So, Walker, what are your thoughts on your own win, loser, draw? Um, yeah, I think Madison is the win. Um, I'll say, yeah, I, I'll agree with you, Jeff. I'll say Jefferson for the draw and Hawkinson for the loss. 
All right. Sounds good. So uh, I will take the Vikings. I will also take the Vikings. Yeah, Vikings. Mike takes Detroit. Yes, right. They win. <clears throat> finally. Yeah. Finally, they finally they they uh they they take one Mike, down. Going to win four two. Gonna win what? Sixty forty two. Okay. We're going Just back kidding. to the nineteen forties now. That would be everybody's a loss. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the next game, which is the Giants at Miami. I'm trying to make sure I give enough uh, enthusiasm for, for, for these. Well, I don't these... care about this game. Okay. Uh, Giants, uh, Giants in Miami. Um, Giants are four and seven. Miami's five and seven. It's a uh, 40 and a half point over under. Dear God, no thank you. Miami, four-point favorites. Uh, injuries in this one. <laughs> this game's uh, almost only 39 points. Oh, wow. This game's almost all... This game's almost only 38 points, if it's almost 39. Um. Anyways, uh, Philip Phil Lindsay is doubtful with an ankle injury. So that whole, like, oh, is Philip Lindsay going to take away from uh, Miles Gaskin? Nope. Uh, Devontae Parker returned to practice. Um, Will Fuller did not practice this week. You can go ahead and drop Will Fuller. Um, I... Kept trying to figure out. Um, I kept trying to figure out um, why he still wasn't playing, and uh, um, it turns out his hand was shattered. So go ahead and drop him. Sorry, I got distracted. My uh, my uh, bad action movie podcast co-host, who I'm in the fantasy league with, uh, just I guess he saw we were I was recording, and he said uh, talk about hurt. So I just got a message that said talk about hurts on Skype. Um, <laughs> For the Giants, uh, John Ross is questionable with a quad issue. Dory Jackson was ruled out with a quad issue. Kyle Rudolph is questionable with an ankle issue. Sterling Shepard is doubtful with a quad issue. Kadarius Toney is doubtful with a quad issue. They, what is going on here? Um, Daniel Jones will not be playing with his neck injury. And uh, this is weird. Uh, his neck injury isn't considered season-ending at the moment, but he could miss weeks as he recovers. You guys are not playing for anything you're four and seven it's season ending just throw him on ir there's no reason to play him go play uh mike glennon who's going to be playing this weekend um that's all i see for injuries for the giants mercifully um so in this one the question was uh mike wants to know is tua just a streamer mike so do you have some more details on that i i do because obviously he's kind of even a streamer now i i mean is he just a streamer overall as far as going into the next year and future future endeavors? Is is Tua just going to be a streamer his his career as long as he's a starting quarterback? Uh, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, the, he doesn't have a functional offensive line. Like right now, yes, he's a streamer, but he doesn't have a functional offensive line. He has one viable receiver um wide receiver uh you know he's throwing to burt wilson and um uh who's the other guy not king grant he's a bear now um why am i blinking and why are you guys not helping i'm, I'm floundering uh who's the other wide receiver there it's burt wilson <laughs> let, let let him drown no <laughs> uh, come on get it i'm gonna say oh preston williams <laughs> we'll just say preston Ooh. um so he's uh he's thrown to those guys. Uh Mac Hollins, that's who I was trying to think of. Mac Hollins. Um so it's just one of the things where it's like I don't I think the book's not written on Tui yet, and we're too um 
ready to write books on people. But as of right we're now, too, yeah. We're too ready to write them off. That's right. We're too ready to write them off. And uh, as of right now, um, yeah, he has been just a streamer. Uh, he has three top 12 weeks this year and six outside of the top 12. So as of right now, he is just a streamer. But I don't think going forward, he's necessarily going to be just a streamer. Because um, I see him nestling in, you know, somewhere between eight and ten in most ranks most years. So you also forgot Jalen Waddle. But um I said other than Waddle. Uh, oh did you say I said he had Waddle? I said he had one viable wide receiver. Oh okay. Yeah. Well Waddle it is for sure. Yeah, Waddle Waddle. Um but okay, what makes you think just out of curiosity, not trying to debate you, but what do you why do you think that Tua is more than just a streamer? Well let's just put another quality two quality uh, wide receivers on there um, on the team. Devontae Parker is probably quality, but um, Parker and somebody else and Jalen Waddle. Oh, I didn't say that Waddle was one. I was refuting that. I was saying that the book's not written on him yet. And I think it's too early to say, oh, he's just going to be a streamer going forward. I well, didn't say that. I didn't say that he was more than a streamer. I said that it's, it's premature to ask this question. Okay. That's yeah, all. I mean, I, yeah, he's a streamer right now. I mean, I don't know what he'll be in the future, but I think for redraft, I mean, uh, yeah, he, he will continue to be a good streamer in good matchups, but not a guy that should probably permanently be on your roster in one quarterback leagues. Yeah. Where would you guys draft him next year? Um, I mean, I don't know about round because it's tough to pin that down. Because every just say quarterback overall. What what number quarterback? Like fifteen, probably. Okay. I think he definitely nestles into that like twelve to fifteen upside guy, um, who is either either going to be a top eight uh, quarterback or who you do not use at all. Like um, you know, there was I'm trying to I'm trying to get a uh, an analog from this year. Um, like Jameis Winston was a little lower end version of that. Um, but I don't see why like uh, like a Carson Wentz would not be a streamer, but Tua would for next year is the sort of thing. Um, I mean, they're probably going to have pretty similar production. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tua has been more or less a disaster this year. I mean, under 16 fancy points per game, four point touchdowns. That's, you know, uh, quarterback uh, 22. Um, that's behind even uh, the guy I hate right now, R- Ryan Tannehill. So, um, but I think he's going to put together some good games to end the year too, because uh, Miami has some good matchups. So um, he is—he's been competent, like from a real-life quarterbacking perspective. He's his like—he's doing smart things with the football, um, but it's just like he's just not doing the fancy stuff. He's not throwing touchdowns, and I think that's the problem. So that's why he's been a disaster this year. But he gets the Giants, the Jets, the Saints. Um, but the Saints just shut down Dak and the Titans over the next four games. So um, definitely worth a look, I would say, um, for your rest of season stuff. Yeah, and that, and I think that's kind of where I was wanting to go with it was with Carson Wentz, as you guys were mentioned. What makes Carson Wentz a streamer into a not? Nah, it's, it's just one of those things where – you're right, Jeff. The book is too early to say, okay, this is who Tua is, but I don't really see much of an upside with him um, being not a streamer. And that that's sort of the thing. So we'll see what happens. 
Okay, um, let's go ahead and do win, lose, or draw for this one, uh, for this game. Um, so, uh, Mike, you've got Gaskin, Barkley, and Tua. I'm going to go Tua, big, big loss, big, big loss. I don't – it's conceivable you sit Saquon Barkley this week. Walker and I talked about it on Wednesday. Uh, it's conceivable you just straight up sit Saquon Barkley this week. If you have uh, Javante Williams now, with uh, if Melvin Gordon doesn't play, Jamal Williams, Cordero Patterson – um who else jumped up in that range alexander madison it's entirely feasible to have two or three of these guys and you just cast saquon barkley aside and and not deal with the bs of this team with mike glennon at quarterback (laughs) yeah um yeah that's why i'm gonna go saquon with the loss because uh i think that the mike glennon giants are going to be real bad uh so yeah I warned you against hot takes on this podcast. Okay. The Mike Lennon are going to be really bad. That's too spicy of a take. You're just saying things to get a reaction. And I'd appreciate it if you didn't do that. Yeah, my bad. I'll, I'll, I'll shape up in the future. Yeah. Come on. Um, Shape it up. uh, Tua, I will go with a draw. I think it'll be a fine Tua game. He'll, he'll finish in that just outside QB one range. So if you stream him, you'll be like, uh, sure, man. Um, and then I'll go, I'll give Gaskin the win just because I think this is probably another game where he scores once or twice. Um, he'll probably be a, uh, cause on like a points per game basis. I think he's around like a low end RB two. And I think this week he'll be a high end RB two. Okay. And I didn't do my, uh, win and draw, but I agree with Walker two uh, for, and Gaskin two of the draw and Gaskin the winner. Mike, what are your thoughts on your own question? I agree with Walker. I think that's pretty solid. Okay. Uh, Who wins? Miami. Yeah. Five in a row. Wow. They're playing like they did in the beginning of last year. Um, Yeah, I agree with Miami. All right. There has been one disagreement on this, and it is Walker taking the Chargers so far. Um, This game is where we gain ground. Um, Philadelphia, five and seven. The Jets, three and eight. 45 point over under. Uh, we just talked a long time about a 40.5 point over under. So uh, Philly seven point favorites. Uh, I had a question in here that I had to change because um, it's unknown whether or not Jalen Hurts plays this weekend against the um, the Eagles. Uh, Boston Scott is questionable with a non-COVID you mean illness. Against the, you mean against the Jets? Uh, let's be clear here. The way he played last week, he was playing against the Eagles. <laughs> Oof. Damn. <laughs> uh, Jordan. Uh, Jordan. Uh, yeah, my buddy won't like that. <laughs> Jordan Howard will not play. Um, Miles Sanders removed from the um, injury report with his ankle issue. Um, that's it for the Eagles side. For the Jets side, um, Wilson's no, not play, right? That's what I'm double checking. Um, I'm pulling. I'm refreshing the injury news just to double check uh, Zach Wilson, and it keeps. Honestly, getting... I don't think it really matters. No, it, I don't think it does either. But I would just want to give the people the info. So. Um, Corey Davis, game time decision with a groin issue. Uh, Zach Wilson, full participant in practice. So there you go. So he should cool. be good to go. Yep. Denzel Mims was activated from COVID IR. Keelan Cole is out with COVID. Uh, Joe Flacco returned to practice this week with COVID IR. But here's my question, boys. Um, do, do we start anybody in this game? Yeah, you can start the uh, the Eagles running backs. I mean, I know Scott's questionable, but I think he'll play. Um 
if he does, then both he and Sanders are solid, like, RB2 slash flex plays. Uh, if he doesn't, then Sanders is a smash play against a Jets defense that is almost historically bad against running backs. Um, but other than that, I'm not really excited about anybody else. I mean, Devontae Smith is a wide receiver three this week. Hertz is probably a little more like a fringe QB1 especially with uh, questionable uh, whether he'll even play. Um, and you can't be excited about anybody on the Jets. I mean, the the best play on their side is probably somehow Tevin Coleman, which uh, I would n- never be excited about. So, Yeah. Um, let, me, let me rephrase that. Uh, there are, so there are people you can play, but is there anybody you want to play? Miles Sanders. That's the only one. Miles Sanders. Mike? I think Miles Sanders, and as you have there as well as Devontae Smith, outside of that, absolutely no way. Um, I would be more inclined to want to start Elijah Moore, but the Eagles are very good against the pass. They're top four, I think, so I I would not start Elijah Moore. Elijah's going to see a lot of both Avante Maddox and Darius Slay. Um, The former has been quite good, and the latter has been all pro level. Okay, there are all losers. Let's move on to the next. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't want to talk about this game anymore. Who wins? Uh, Philly. Yeah, I got to go Philadelphia in this one. It's a clean sweep, boys. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, Miles Sanders, yes. Everybody else, probably not. Uh, one more question: If Jalen Hurts plays, do we start him? Um, probably. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I agree, especially since that running defense of the Jets can't stop anybody. I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to go officially on radio and say Miles Sanders busts a long one, like 60 or more. Um, and then uh, Jalen Hurts, if he's starting, then he'll definitely take advantage of, of that poor rushing game. Rushing okay, game. I, I thought you were going to call Miles Sanders a bust, and I was going to say, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Miles Sanders should smash in this game. Hopefully we'll see. Um, that that would be nice uh, to see him kind of turn it around. So, all right, let's go on to Indy and Houston. Indy six and six. Houston two and nine. Forty five and a half point over under. Indy ten point favorites. Uh, injuries in this one. Chris Conley is uh, limited with an illness again. Um, their bubble guts running around the NFL. Uh, Danny Amendola ruled out with a knee issue. Uh, oh, he had arthroscopic knee surgery. Okay, so just put him on IR. Um, Justin Britt is expected to get activated off of IR for this one. David Johnson is questionable, but who cares? Uh, Brandon Cooks is questionable, but is expected to play. And for the Colts, Jack Doyle is questionable with a knee issue. Full participant in practice on Friday after being limited on Thursday and not practicing on Wednesday. That's the only injury listed here. Mike wants to know. Mike, what do you want to know? What I want to know is can we trust any wide receiver in this game? Brandon Cooks, next question. Not if he gets Kenny Moore. Brandon Cooks, next question. <laughs> yeah, no, Brandon Cooks, you can trust. I mean, it's downfield. He's been good. Taylor's been shown he's been willing to throw uh, downfield to him, and that's the one thing Indy isn't good at right now is defending down the field. I mean, otherwise they're playing quite well. So, yeah, you can trust Cooks to get a probably a solid at least wide receiver two week. Um, but otherwise in this game, I is I mean, if you've got Pittman, I would say it's more likely you're playing him than not. But can you trust him? Not really. Yeah, Michael Pittman's been sneaky. Um, 
just okay. So I knew Mike would say uh, Brandon Cooks. Um, here, here's some here's some some interesting stats about Brandon Cooks. I, I dug this up. More top 24 weeks than Jamar Chase this year. As many top 36 weeks as Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman, um, Hunter Renfro, and with more top 24 weeks than DK Metcalf. Um, so you can trust Brandon Cooks. If you trust any of those guys, you can trust Brandon Cooks. And that includes Jalen Waddle. Checkmate, boys. Ooh. Got him. Mike, you want to pick your face up off the floor there? I'm I'm trying. I'm reaching over and I'm actually doing that as we speak. This is what happens when you give me a morning with Dynasty League football. I go through, <laughs> and I, I click around, and I find stuff. Um, I would say uh, in a DFS thing or a desperation play, T.Y. Hilton always plays well against Houston. He's from Houston, so it's almost like a like homecoming thing for him. Or he he was in Houston for a while. He wasn't born in Houston, but he grew up in Houston. Um, so. I guess T.Y. Hilton, but I would only do that in a DFS um, thing. And I, I, Mike left the podcast. He was so mad. He was so mad about me uh, dropping the Brandon Cooks facts. He's throwing stuff. Oh, my God. He's taking this cat and he's throwing it out the window. Oh, my God. Okay, he's not doing that. No, he's not doing that. All right. Um, Mike's win, loser draw are Wentz, Cooks, and Jonathan Taylor. And I will say Jonathan Taylor is a perpetual win. Um, there is no height that he cannot reach. At this point in the season, Brandon Cooks will be a draw and Carson Wentz will be a lose because Carson Wentz is a loser, as are all of the Colts. Oh, hey, Mike, you're back. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I heard I heard the alarm come off. on. I wasn't expecting my wife to be home early, so I heard the alarm opening door and was like, OK, well, my wife's not supposed to be home for another hour. Someone's opening the door. This can't be good. Yeah. So. All right, Mike. Um, I did the win, loser, draw. Walker, uh, what, what, what's your win, loser, draw for this game? Uh, I'm going to say it's a, a draw for Jonathan Taylor, a loss for Carson Wentz, and a win for Brandon Cooks, who will be the only good offensive player for Houston in this football game. That's right, but the Colts win this one. It'll be closer than 10 points, um, but I think the Colts win this one. Of course yeah. it's going to be closer than 10 points. It's the Colts. That's right. <laughs> They're yeah, not going to the make one. it any different than, you know, a close game somewhere. I mean, they could be playing a peewee team and they're just going to make it a three-point game. But, yeah, uh, they go to Buffalo and absolutely destroy the Bills. Destroy them. It, it's, it's, it's the only game in the last, I don't know, four years that I've seen the Colts absolutely destroy from start to finish. So they it's, had it's, that game and, you know, it's never going to be the same again. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> It's the joy of Carson Wentz. Um, all right. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next game. Washington football team travels to Vegas. Uh, this is a 45.5 point over under. I'm sorry, 49.5 point over under. Uh, Washington football team is 5-6. and six. Vegas is 6-5. and five. Vegas, 2.5 point favorites. Uh, injuries in this one. Uh, for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs is questionable with an ankle issue. Uh, it popped up on Thursday, so that's what you don't want to see happen. Um, Darren Waller is doubtful with a knee issue. Walker and I both co-signed Foster Moreau. Um, not something that's asked um, Absolutely. in questions. Walker, or Mike also co-signs with Walker and myself. Uh, Frank Amarante also co-signs Foster Moreau. He loves Foster out, Moreau. Frank. He loves Foster Moreau this week. <laughs> Did you see those tweets? Did you see those tweets from Frank this week, Mike? Uh, no, I muted him. 
Oh, what? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Roasted on the podcast. <laughs> Got him. I'll cut that out and put that in the secret trash. RFL mute zone. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that dude is definitely on the mute zone. Ooh, gotcha. Um, I uh, he he had a complete meltdown about Foster Moreau on the timeline. It was very funny. And then and then Walker like, tweeted at him and like, was I like, like, I like Frank, but his takes are sometimes not the best. They're yeah. they're horrible. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have anything against him personally, but like his his football knowledge is like ground zero. So I'm just like, ooh. Mike, we gotta cut that out and put that in the trash talk podcast. <laughs> oh lord. Um, uh, for the record, I, I like Frank. Uh, anyways, Deshaun Jackson returned to practice on Friday. Um, he has a cast spasm that uh, it's not too serious, so he should be able to play this weekend. Um, that's it for injuries in this one for Washington. Do you have a meeting with Beto O'Rourke? <laughs> I, come on, Walker. Of course, <laughs> of course he did. That's that's yeah. that's the that's the calf cramping. That's how it happens. Um, <laughs> Jesus I knew you'd understand that immediately. Okay. Uh, Curtis Samuel, questionable with the groin issue. Uh, Wendell Smallwood, remember him? Uh, I do. Yes. He will yeah. Play the JD McKissick role this weekend. So yeah, he's gonna yeah, play the he's gonna play the smoke. version of the JD McKissick role that's two carries and three targets. Yeah, exactly. It's I would say if anybody benefits, it would be Curtis Samuel if he plays. Uh, J.D. McKissick is out with the concussion. Same with cornerback uh, uh, Benjamin St. Just, who uh, they put on IR. Um, he's had multiple concussions, so I hope he I'll gets it all. Yeah. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones has resumed practicing uh, with his hip issue, but it doesn't matter because Logan Thomas is back. Um, so the question for this one, uh, Walker. Is he, Todd Gurley dead? Yes, Todd Gurley is dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, Adrian Peterson has been on two teams this year. And Todd they went Gurley with has, Wendell Smallwood. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, Adrian Peterson has been on two teams, and the last we heard was the Lions brought in Todd Gurley for a cursory workout in, like, June. That's the last yeah. I heard from Todd Gurley. Yeah, and everybody freaked out, and then the Lions were immediately like, oh, yeah, he's not coming in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um so uh, if anybody heard a loud thud, I almost fell out of my chair backwards just now. Um, Walker, what do you want to talk about in this one? Uh, I want to see it, – it's a simple question in this one. Head-to-head, uh, -head, you picking Terry McLaurin or Hunter Renfro in this game? Mike, what do you think? Um, I, go, I go with the, the one that I can trust more than the other and go with uh, Renfro. I agree. Uh, Raiders sneakily strong – against uh, wide receivers, and Renfro has actually been better this year. See, I told you, leave me some time with Dynasty League football. Hunter Renfro has more top 36 weeks than Terry McLaurin, 7-5. So if we're talking about who we can trust, Hunter Renfro. Terry McLaurin has more upside, but if we're just going trustworthy play, it is Hunter Renfro. Yep, completely agree. Um, that's it. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I think that... This should be a close game. Most players should be pretty close to their um, to what you expect from them. Um, so I'll move into win, lose, or draw, where I've got most of the other relevant players in this game. We already talked about Moreau. Um, Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, assuming he plays, and Logan Thomas. Uh, uh, Mike, I'll go first. Logan Thomas is a permanent draw. He's always five for 50. That's just what he does. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll go uh, Josh Jacobs as the loss because, I mean, the Seahawks are kind of falling apart, but Washington 
put it to them a little a little bit last week on defense. So yeah. I, I think the Raiders might be a little bit more wobbly. Um, and then Antonio Gibson will be the win because uh, no J.D. McKissick. They showed I think he has like 60 touches in the last two weeks, almost uh, Antonio Gibson does. And so all the Gibsonites are 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 foaming at the mouth for him to really uh, break it open. So I think that um, that he's the Victoria Geary. Very excited. That's right. She's cool. She is. Cool. Um, yeah, I agree with uh, I agree with Jeff. What about you, Mike? I want to I want to give Logan Thomas the win because I think the tight ends the way that especially um, the way they're targeted in in Washington they are used quite a bit especially around the goal line and Thomas should have mm-hmm. caught a touchdown last week so yeah. I I think there's potential there so I'm gonna go with Thomas is the win and Josh Jacobs is the loss and Gibson is the draw. Cool. Do you hear that? Hear that, Josh Jacobs? You're a loser. You're a loser. Go triple fight. loss. Come fight Mike. Not yes. me. Don't fight me. Fight Mike. Please don't I'll, fight I'll do the liar liar fighting stance. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> I will do the uh, Notre Dame fighting stance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, who wins this one? Uh, I'm going to go uh, Washington. I will also go Washington. Uh, yeah, I was thinking it wasn't, um, liar, liar was me, me, myself and I ring fighting stance, but anyways, okay. I was wondering what you were, I was like, I was trying to place it in my mind, but yeah, me, myself and Irene. Okay. Mike, who is Vegas or Washington? Uh, Raiders do. Ooh, the Raiders. Raiders. All right. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to the next game. Then, uh, Jacksonville is in Los Angeles, Jacksonville is two and nine. Rams are seven and four. This is a forty-eight point over under. Rams are thirteen point favorites. Let's get this out of the way. Do the Rams win? Yes. Yeah, this is gonna be a blowout. All right, so we got that out of the way. Um, injuries in this one: James Robinson is questionable with a heel issue, um, as well as a knee issue. Um, Dan Arnold, may he rest in peace, went on IR. Um, he's gone. Um, until week 16 at least, but it's a four to six week recovery from an MCL sprain. So that means it's James O'Shaughnessy season again. Um, try saying that three times fast, James O'Shaughnessy season. Um, Daryl Henderson is questionable uh, with a quad issue, but it's sounding like a true questionable um, and he's limited in practice. He has a shot to play. If he doesn't play, it's going to be Sony Michelle. Um, Odell Beckham has a hip issue. He's also questionable, but he said he's he expects to play. Um, and that seems to be the only notable injuries in this one. Um, if you, unless you want to count Robert Woods still hurt, <laughs> uh, still tore his ACL, I believe it was. So, uh, he's still hurt and, uh, definitely not stalling to find the window here. There we go. Uh, Mike, what do you want to talk about in this one? So I guess like with Tua, where, where are we taking tra- Trevor Lawrence next season in redraft? What quarterback sort of position do you guys have for him? Completely <laughs> depends. Yeah, it completely depends on whether Urban Meyer is there. <laughs> <laughs> Why could I have the exact same answer? Um, yeah, I would if Urban say- Meyer is there, nowhere. Yeah, if Urban Meyer is not there, right then, um, just outside the top twelve, probably. I'd put him in the same range as Tua if we have no Urban. Yeah, Meyer. I agree. Yep. Yeah, because Trevor, so like Trevor Lawrence has struggled, but he hasn't struggled in a way that's completely unusual for a rookie wide uh, quarterback to the point that I am going to 
write him off or anything. Oh uh, God, no. He still yeah. make he still makes very impressive throws on a consistent basis. It's just that the offense mostly from my of it's just not that good. I mean, he mistakes. He like locks onto his first read too long, and he tries to force passes into windows that aren't there in the NFL that were there in college. Um, but he hasn't been turning the ball over as much lately. Um, and, yeah, I, I still fully expect he's got all the talent in the world. At some point, he's going to be really good. It's just we're not sure when because we're not sure when the situation is going to get to a point where he doesn't have to do almost everything by himself. Yeah, um, I think uh, I mean, he was so good that it like tricked people into thinking that like LaVisca Chenault had a chance because he had that one amazing play where everybody thought he was going to throw the ball out of bounds. And that gave, you know, like LaVisca Chenault extra extra room and uh, on rosters. And I just think that, yeah, he could easily be a guy that takes a big step forward, um, not to the same level as a Josh Allen, but in that same situation where it's like, oh, all of a sudden everything gets better around him. And then all of a sudden he takes this huge step forward because he's not a young quarterback who has everything on his shoulders. Like he can work within the offense. And just like with Walker, with what Walker said, if urban Meyer is there, all bets are off. I'm not touching him. Yeah. uh, Yeah, definitely. I, I think urban Meyer is going to be a head coach in college next season. So Uh, let's hope so. And let's see if he picks up any weird accents along the way. Um, the one thing that kind of worries me a little bit about Trevor Lawrence is he doesn't run the ball as much. Um, he's almost like a Joe Burrow type. And without that, it's really going to be hard for him to crack the top seven to ten next year. But, yeah, I, I like him around 11 through 13, 14, something like that. Yeah, and I think that that's I think that the Joe Burrow thing is a good comparison where it's like, um, you know, it's it's he's not running a lot, but he's running. Uh, Joe Burrow is running more than Trevor Lawrence, but I, I also think I think this whole team has the stink of Urban Meyer on it, and and not you know not the sex stink from the club, the uh, uh, booty hole, <laughs> uh, but just the. Um, just the like urban Meyer can't do anything right. He like can't get out of his own way. He, everything is wrong. I have to imagine that we're going to, this is going to be one of those things where as soon as urban Meyer leaves, we're going to get a bunch of things where the players are like, that guy was a freaking idiot. Like he did not know anything that he was going on. Like, uh, like every Seahawk that leaves, uh, uh, Pete Carroll is like, that guy just thinks this is college. And like, you can't motivate pro athletes the same way. Um, so I have a feeling that it's going to be like that with Urban Meyer. So everybody's um, going to write a book just like they do about Donald Trump. That's true. Let's, there's going to be 52 books out on Urban Meyer. Yeah, there's going to there's well actually what's going to happen is yeah there's going to be 52 one for each week that he's employed. Um, and I just while we're talking about this team, um, I saw some stat about Lavisca Chenault just to highlight how bad he's been. I cannot find it now, but it's something like um, for every so he has 71 targets on the year. And he has like the third lowest fantasy point total over the last decade for anybody who got between like 70 or 80 targets, between 70 and 80 targets at this point. So um, very bad. Lolvisca Shinope, more like it, folks. All right, uh, Mike, who is your win-loser draw for this one? Win-loser draw, uh, J-Rob, Van Jefferson, and Marvin Jones. All right, so 
I will go win Van Jefferson. I'll go lose J-Rob because of the heel issue. And I will um, go draw Marv Jonas. I agree. Yep, that makes three of I us. I don't have really any analysis to add there. I, I think that it's I think that that's correct. All right, let, let me do so. Let me do some start sets for this one. Um, Van Jefferson or Marvin Jones? Uh, Van. I'm gonna sit uh, Marvin Jones. Is there any Jaguar? Let's except for James Robinson. Well, if James Robinson plays, do you want to start him with the injuries? Yeah, yes. I'll, start, I'll still play him. Yeah, okay, I think there, he still has a good shot at uh, getting um, top 24 numbers. Okay, so James O'Shaughnessy is a speculative streamer, but other than that, any other Jags other than uh, Robinson and O'Shaughnessy? Uh, no, because I just don't know who's going to get the work in Jacksonville. I mean, it could be any of Jones, Chenault, and Treadwell. So, is uh, Mike? What do you what do you think? Yeah, I, I think you can go with O'Shaughnessy uh, and J J Rob. Anybody else outside of that is you're just. There, there's no there's no touchdowns coming out of Trevor Lawrence. He might throw one. So good luck with whoever that might be. As as Walker said, that could be Laquan Treadwell. We so I avoid all of that mess. Okay. On the flip side, other than Tyler Higby, are we firing up every Ram, all the Rams? Uh. So we're talking Stafford, Odell, uh, Henderson if he plays, Sonny Michelle if he doesn't, uh, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, I think you can play all of them, honestly. And I, I've been hearing that Odell's dealing with an injury problem, but I'm not sure. Um, outside of that, if he's healthy, then yeah, I agree. Every every Ram outside of Higby should you you can find one place or another to put him in your lineup. Yeah, he's he's expecting to play this weekend. So, um, all right, anything else you want to talk about about this one? San Francisco six and five, Seattle three. Did we pick? Oh, we did. Yeah, we picked at the beginning. Yeah, 45 and a half point over under Niners. Three point road favorites. And I want them to smash the Seahawks because I'm tired of losing in Seattle. Uh, For the Niners injuries, no Debo. Uh, Well, he is. Oh, yeah, he was ruled out. Um, uh, Drake Greenlaw was also ruled out. Fred Warner is doubtful. Jermichael Hasty has been dealing with an ankle. He has no injury designation for this one. Trey Sermon has been ruled out, but it doesn't matter. Um, really, yeah, uh, 49ers linebacker crew is pretty impressive when healthy. Yeah. I mean, Aziz Al Shire is going to get the start and he's still pretty good. Um, and he's the f- number three guy. So, um, Niners love like traditional since like the last 15 years or so, they just love to build up those linebackers. So, um, for the Seahawks, uh, Travis Homer is questionable with the calf issue. Rashad Penny is questionable with the hamstring issue. Alex Collins is questionable with an abdomen issue. And uh, that means that uh, Adrian Peterson is a Seahawk. And uh, no thank you. Um, that's it for injuries. Russell Wilson still sucks because he has mallet finger, um, which is – I forget who tweeted it today, but it's correct. They said that it has a funny name because you get the mental image of a cartoon hitting themselves with a mallet, and that's what, it, that's what you think it is. Um, anyways, my question is who – steps up for the 49ers without Debo Samuel? Is it more Elijah Mitchell? Is it Jawan Jennings? Is it Brandon Ayuk? Is it George Kittle? Is it, those are all the players. <laughs> who who do you guys think steps up? I, I, I'd go with Ayuk. Okay. Oh yeah, Ayuk's going to have a good game. That's it? I mean, he is. Like, uh, it's, yeah. 
that's gonna he's gonna have a larger role. I mean, otherwise, like I don't see it being a big Trent Sherfield or Jawan Jennings game. I don't see it being. I mean, Kittle's not gonna get like 17 targets or anything. It's gonna be, you know, Kittle's gonna get used, and Ayuk's gonna get used, and Elijah Mitchell's gonna get used, and that's pretty much it. Okay. Who's the best receiving running back on the 49ers? Uh, Jamichael Hasty. Yeah. I, I could see Hasty getting some action just because you got to have at least three guys that are going to. Is he playing? Yeah, he's he doesn't have an injury designation. Okay. So, and yeah. yeah, he could get a few catches. Yeah. And actually, Mike, to answer your question, it is uh, Kyle Juszczyk. But more to the spirit of your question, it's Jamichael Hasty. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, sounds good. Um, so I guess for the Seahawks side, uh, we're are we starting the we're starting the wide receivers, right? We're kind of backed into that. Yeah, yeah, I think you got to start both of them. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Um, yeah, especially against we're talking about Metcalf and Lockett, correct? Yes. No, we're talking um, about Freddie Swaim and uh, I don't know David Moore probably. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I didn't know if you were making meaning Ayuk or you know. Oh like, no no uh, I meant uh, the the Seahawks side for the Seahawks um, side. Yeah so yeah you you're definitely going to start both of them against Fort Niners DBs who struggle as we saw against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen I I kind of see this is this sort of the same duplicate pattern for both of them and in fact um, throwing out there would you guys start Lockett or Adam Thielen? Uh, uh, yeah. So w- the Niners are a bad secondary. Um, the Lions probably aren't much better, and uh, we saw last week what uh, Thielen could do to the to the Niners. So I would probably start uh, Thielen over Lockett. Okay. Yeah, because Thielen is more reliable than Lockett, and Russell Wilson can't throw a football correctly to save his life right now. Um, so yeah, no more pin, no more wins. That's the Russell Wilson mantra. By the way, the fourth, the fourth wide receiver is Penny Hart, which I should have remembered because did either of you guys watch Happy Endings? No. No. Oh man, great show. Go check it out. Uh, Casey Wilson played a character named Penny Hearts, and uh, she was a mess. So that's uh, are there happy endings? There are not. It it was an ABC sitcom, so there are most definitely not happy endings. Uh, but there is a but in the intro, uh, so there is that. Um, so, Russell Wilson, are we starting him? Like, would you stream no. uh, Tua or Tyrod Taylor or any of these guys over Russell Wilson right now? Uh, I would, I would, uh, yeah, I think um, not, not Tyrod, just because there's just not enough offense there. But Tua, I wouldn't say no to it. Okay, so um, Walker, you can sit this one out because I'm going to use your ranks uh, to figure this out. So Walker has Russell Wilson 18. Oh, my God, between Tua and Tyrod, I nailed it. Um, so, Mike, Teddy Bridgewater or Russell Wilson? Teddy Bridgewater. Ben Roethlisberger or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Matt Ryan or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Uh, Taylor Heineke or Russell Wilson? Taylor Heineke. Uh, Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz. All right, Jimmy Garoppolo or Russell Wilson? Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, uh, Mike loves Jimmy Garoppolo this week. Hell yeah. Walker hates him. 
Um, so there you go. That gives you an idea. Yeah, Russ, it's nothing to do with his skill. Um, I saw a thing today. Uh, mallet, hammer, mallet finger injuries usually take eight weeks to heal. And he's like, I'll be back in like four. And it's not a like it's it's you can't feel your finger. And so that that explains everything that I've seen with him. Like he cannot throw an accurate ball to save his life. So he's hurt right now. It's like the Zeke thing or it's like the Baker Mayfield thing where it's like, who what are you trying to prove here? Like, like who who is this helping to have you out on the field being bad? So uh, and I am not starting a single solitary uh, Seattle running back. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, Adrian yeah. Peterson. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. OK. OK. Yeah, the. The highest scoring running back on the week is likely to be DJ Dallas again, and he's probably going to score like six points. Three catches for 15 yards and 15 rushing yards. Yeah, basically. All right. Uh, go Niners. Bang, bang. Niner gang. Niners win this one. Oh, God, forgot the win. Forgot, forgot the win, loser draw. Ayuk, Metcalf, and Lockett. Win, Ayuk, uh, draw, Metcalf, loss, Lockett. All right. I'm going to put those, uh, the loss and draw. Uh, I think the draw goes to Lockett and the loss goes to Metcalf. All right. Okay. Walker, are you panicked that Brandon Eric's going to lead me to the title in the consolation bracket? No. Because <laughs> uh, Dalton Schultz is going to lead me to the title in the regular bracket. Yeah, I, I know. The I know playoffs, your team is much which better I'm in. than mine. I think you're so fancy. Look at this guy. I'm in the playoffs. I didn't well, accidentally. He, I didn't accidentally forget to uh, draft more than two running backs, like Jeff did, and then screwed his whole team up. Um, all right. Uh, I'm Niners. The Niners. Yeah, Niners by yeah. This should this should be Niners victory. Oh, it will not be a big victory, Mike. The Niners are physically incapable of having a big victory against the Seahawks. They're like the Colts, huh? Yeah, it's yeah, just it's gonna, this game's gonna be like uh, nineteen to sixteen. Yeah, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be ugly. It's gonna be Robbie Gould winning it at the end. Um, by the way, if we want to get uh, get his ass with Robert Evans, he just tweeted out: "If everybody is wearing a beret, this is eighty percent less unsegling with G's. So get him, get his ass." Is that right. I right? Okay. Yeah. The oh, only I don't, Robert I don't. Evans. Yeah, I don't follow him, so I'm not going to go through the effort. He's good. All right. Uh, Devin DuVernay. For, oh, let's go on to the next game. Ravens, 8-3, and three, travel to Pittsburgh, 5-5-1, five, five and one, circling the drain. 44-point over-under. Baltimore, four-and-a-half-point favorites. So, uh, rain shower is supposed to move in towards the end of the game, but it probably won't affect it too much. Um, injuries in this one. Devin DuVernay, removed from the injury report. Uh, wide receiver for the Ravens. Uh, Jimmy Smith is questionable with an ankle issue and the whole team has tummy rumbles. Um, I'm not seeing it listed, but it's like half the defense defensive starters mispractice because of what is, today. What did the league do? Just like send out like a box of cookies to every team. It's, they gave everybody Chipotle. They gave everybody Chipotle gift certificates. Something. Cause my goodness. Yeah. It's um. hold on. Let me, let me look up the whole list of defensive uh, starters with uh, or defensive players with uh, illnesses. Uh, all five of the Ravens corners on the 50-man, 53-man roster are listed as questionable. Uh, Marlon Humphrey with illness and Tavon Young with illness. But uh, I don't think it matters because it's uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and when I was looking for that, 
Somebody tweeted, what are you doing, Raven? Which is a good question. Um, all right, uh, Walker, what is your question for this one? Uh, are we benching Rashad Bateman? Yes. Yeah, I tend to agree in most cases. Um, unfortunately, most cases doesn't apply to my teams because I'm starting him in two out of three <laughs> of my leagues. Because I don't have better options. But... Uh, yeah, he played 45% of snaps last week um, with everyone healthy on the passing offense. And they're throwing a lot more this year, but they're still not throwing a ton compared to other NFL teams. Um, it's just not a super high-volume role. He's going to get around five targets. Um, so even if he performs well, he's got, you know, without without being a real touchdown threat, he's got like a 10 or 11-point ceiling. So, um High floor, low ceiling, flex guy. You can play him a good matchup. So if you think this week it's a good enough matchup against a beat-up Pittsburgh defense, then sure. But, yeah, uh, good player in a role that isn't going to be super prolific. Okay, Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, until he actually – I mean, this is Rashad Bateman. I think he had a bad game. Um, Lamar Jackson absolutely was trash last week. So I don't, I, I don't know if you can just – go off of what last week was, but um, it, I don't expect like a huge amount of numbers either. So you can have a wider range of flux options to you. And Bateman's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be more than Kendrick Bourne or just the same um, or Jacoby Myers there. So if you feel like you have better options out there, then it's not like you're, you're risking losing Bateman to a huge game by any means. Okay, and Mike, you brought up the good point, which is uh, Lamar Jackson had a terrible game last week. Um, so that brings us to Walker's win, loser, draw. How about that? How do you like them apples? Walker, the win, loser, or draw for this game? The win, loser, draw is Marquise Brown, Lamar Jackson, and Najee Harris. Najee Harris is a draw because except for last week, somehow he just ends up with 15 to 18 fantasy points every single week. It just happens. Um it's hard to make one of these guys a win. I'll, I'll call uh, Marquise Brown a loss because Rashad Bateman's going to get all the targets. And I guess Lamar Jackson's the win. <laughs> How's that work for you, Walker? I was trying to help you out. All right. Uh, I hope that's the case. Um, Mike, what do you think? So the question is, are we talking about per game numbers for Lamar Jackson or are we talking overall? for Lamar Jackson. We're not getting into a philosophical conversation. <laughs> um, okay. So I think it's going to be a drop for Lamar and then um, a win for Najee and a loss for Marquise Brown. Okay, perfect. And before we get into uh, who we went, who we think wins, I forgot to do the injuries for the Steelers. Uh, Chase Claypool off the injury report with a toe issue. Pat Fryermuth um, cleared concussion protocol. He cool. has no injury designation, so he should be good to go. Um, somebody dropped him in one of my leagues, and I put in a waiver bid, so I got to see. I got to check in with that, see what's going on with that. Who uh, dropped who? Somebody dropped. Uh, some, the the Muth was Luth in my oh, um, my, my league. Yeah, so I got to double check and see if he uh, if I got that um, that bid for him. Um, let's see. Um, oh, I did not put in a bid for him, but I will just go pick him up right now. I will drop this guy and oh, it is a waiver. Never this mind. Is great content. This is great content. Sorry, <laughs> I got distracted. Who wins? I say it's the Ravens. 
Mike? Uh, yeah, Baltimore wins. I'm going with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm very close to picking Pittsburgh, too. Okay, um, before we... So, is Baltimore, Baltimore, and then Walker, your Pittsburgh? Yeah. All right. Um, before we move on, Marquise Brown or Chase Claypool? Brown. R- Mike? Yeah, Brown. Rashad Bateman or Chase Claypool? Claypool. Bateman. All right. Deontay Harris is or Deontay Johnson is must start, right? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Pat Frymuth. Uh yes. must start? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know must start, but most cases, yes. Must start outside of the must starts, if that makes sense. I mean, he's a top <laughs> ten player. Yeah. League. Yeah. If you have to think about it, he is a must start. But if it's like uh Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews. Yeah, other than those guys. Yeah, I mean, other than those guys. Well, yeah. no, but like, just let me just let me say he's a top ten play. Stop trying to get me to to <laughs> get granular in this. Fryermuth or Foster Burrow? Fryermuth. Uh, Foster Moreau. Okay, last one. Fryermuth or Kyle Pitts? Fryermuth. Pitts. Yeah, I'm going Fryermuth, baby, uh, over all those guys in the whole league. Uh, only if I get him, though. Otherwise, he'll be trash. All right. Um, the game that got the Niners Seahawks flexed out of Thursday, uh, Sunday night football, mercifully, Denver 6-5, and KC 7-4, 47-point over-under, Chiefs 9.5-point favorites. Everybody in the previous game go, well, if the Broncos win, they'll be tied with the Chiefs. The Broncos aren't going to win. That doesn't matter the if. It's going to be the Chiefs. Like... I, I honestly believe they're coming out of the bye. Like Andy Reid is like twenty-one and four coming out of the bye. This is gonna yeah, be yeah. Andy Reid is a bye week god. Yeah, this is going to be a smash game because he just goes into like a fugue state and just figures out the best way to play the next team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he, he ascends to the, another astral plane. Yeah. Um, uh, co- yeah. Knocking, knocking on coach's door to see he's ascended to Valhalla. Um. All right, uh, let's go. Injuries here. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Guess what, guys? He's got stomach trouble, <laughs> he, but he should be fine. Uh, Kyle Long's been activated from the pup list. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, surprise, surprise, went on IR with a hamstring issue. And that's it for the Chiefs, for the Broncos. Uh, Walker alluded to this earlier. Everybody's going crazy. Melvin Gordon is doubtful for this weekend, which means it's Javante Williams week. He's getting his chance. Uh, Bobby Massey practiced on Thursday. He is the right tackle. Um, and that is it. Oh, Garrett Bowles uh, returned to practice from the COVID list. That's who I was looking for there with left tackle Garrett Bowles. So expect some false starts. Um, Mike, what do you want to talk about from with this one? So my question is, can we expect more than streaming results from Patrick Mahomes? Yes. I don't, I don't know. Next question. Yeah, he's been bad lately. That's the only thing. Because here's so here's here's my thoughts. Denver's defense is really good, too. Yeah, he's he's going to I have him QB one overall this week. Oh, that you are wrong, sir. No, no. By off the bye, he's going to have another one of those games he had against the Raiders where he goes for like 350 and a bunch of touchdowns. I think this is big Mahomes week. Big Mahomes week. So just to Mike's question, though. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has been a top 12 tight end 10 out of 14 weeks this year. Tight end, 10 top 12 tight end. You heard uh, it here first. Top. It's me snapping a pencil at Walker. Top 12 quarterback 
10 out of 14 times this this year, but uh, all four of the times he wasn't have been in the last five weeks. So he has been struggling recently, but I'm with Walker. I'm, I'm going to bet on the bye week God coming in with a game plan to smash the Denver Broncos. You're wrong, sir. Resurrect their corpse and then smash them again. Because here's the thing. Denver is not good. They're going to be starting a quarterback who cannot figure out how to get value out of Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. They're going to be starting a rookie running back who has the weight of the universe on his shoulder. And they traded their best or one of their best defenders halfway through the year. Denver has packed it in, whether they want to admit it or not. The Chiefs have not. This is going to be a big Chiefs victory at home under the lights. Give me the Chiefs. Give me Patrick Mahomes going big. Mike, you obviously agree. You are wrong, sir. So why am I? Why are we wrong? Because you don't want it to be true. Because the just the mathematical possibilities of Patrick Mahomes finishing as a QB one overall is very difficult. Um. So yeah. So basically, Mike would say you're wrong. Uh, if if you said literally anyone is going to be the QB one <laughs> overall, Mike would say wrong. You're wrong, Mike. Who's your QB one this week? Um. Patrick Mahomes. No. You're wrong. <laughs> wrong. Wrong. Wait. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, Walker, I think he got our ass. <laughs> yeah, roasted. Roasted. Got us. All right. Win, lose, draw. Uh, Mike, uh, why don't you run us through this one? Um, C-H, J-Will, or Hill? Hill. Will or Hill? Uh, so J-Will being Javante, I mean. Yeah, it would be- exactly. Do I is it what I think is going to happen or what would be the funniest outcome? Because the well, funniest outcome would be Javante Williams getting like 20 carries for 48 yards. Because that would be awesome. His Twitter would melt down. Um, but I think he's got to have a bigger game because he's going to get like like I said like 20 carries because it's him and Mike Boone uh, to get the carries. So he'll get a bunch Ooh. of carries. He'll be the win. Ceh will be the lose because he got the tummy troubles, and I don't expect him to get a touchdown. And Tyreek Hill will be the draw, which is weird because Tyreek Hill is the most up and down player in the league. So there's no way that I can be a draw. Yeah, I'm going with. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Javante Williams as the draw because I think his. I'm I'm gonna say based on expectations. Like I think that he's gonna be like a fringe RB one, and I think that's what most reasonable people would expect for him being more of the lead back this week. Um, CEH loss and Tyreek win. All right. And uh, I think we made it quite, quite clear what Walker and I think about who wins this one. Uh, Mike, who wins? Kansas City. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So next game is New England and Buffalo. And this is the reason why I was bringing up weather all game. Um, New it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad, folks. New England, eight and four. Buffalo, seven and four. Wind, snow, all of that nonsense. Forty three and a half point over under Buffalo, two and a half point favorites. Uh, Injuries in this one. Patriots. Nick Folk was limited in practice. Brandon Bolden was limited in practice, um, popping up with a knee on Thursday. So that's not good. Um, That's it. Uh, Kyle Duggar went on the COVID IR list. But for offensive players, that's it for the Patriots. For the Bills. Bills. What were you going to say? No, I just said for the Bills, but you corrected yourself at the same time. No, I was saying that's it for the Patriots. And then I was saying for the Bills. Never mind then. 
I, have I ever said anything wrong on this podcast once? Uh, once. No, not once. Many times. <laughs> For the Bills, uh, Jake Fromm is a quarterback on their team now. Good luck to them with that. He's back. He's back, folks. Jake Fromm. The is he was he the guy that everybody's like, oh, he's super racist. Um, or was uh, that? Uh, no. It was Jake Fromm. It was somebody in that class, some like down, down class guy from 2020. I'll, I'll find out who it was. Uh, Spencer Brown. Nick Bosa. Uh, <laughs> no. First of all, first of all, Nick Bosa was taken second. Okay. <laughs> um, Spencer Brown has been activated from the COVID IR list. Uh, Star Lotu Lele uh, was also activated from the COVID 19 list. Uh, he did not wear a headband in this year's uh, official picture for him, and his hair is fantastic. I had no idea because I've only seen him with a headband on. Uh, Tredavious White tore his ACL last week against the Saints. We kind of all saw it happen on uh, Thanksgiving, and that's it um, for this one. So the question for this is uh, Walker, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I want to know are we starting any Patriots? I would start mm, mm, Kendrick Bourne in a PPR league. And I wouldn't up. I the only guy I would consider playing is Damian Harrison. That's like a flex at best. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. I'm long for Montre Stevenson is playing. Yeah, I don't. I don't no, I don't. I think I think you're okay with starting Kendrick Bourne, but do you want to start Kendrick Bourne against the Buffalo Bills? Absolutely not. Okay. And one thing I missed, because uh, it's not an injury thing, uh, Hunter Henry, if his wife gives birth, will miss the game. So if you're desperately relying on Hunter Henry, you can get Johnny Smith. What a snowflake. Can... Jeez. Come on, Hunter Henry. Man up, boy. Be an alpha. <laughs> Be an alpha. Abandon your child at their birth. <laughs> um. All right. Oh, by the way, it was Jake Fromm because he used the phrase elite white people um, in a text. So uh, fun with that. Um, all right. Um, Jake Fromm is the the racist guy. Uh, I don't think I'm starting a Patriot. And I think I'm starting here. Here, let me let me flip this around. Can we get away from Josh Allen? Can we get against our better our better judgment and 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 bench him or should we start him? I mean, I still think he's probably a start this week. I I don't expect the passing game for anybody to be super prolific, but um, they've shown a willingness to use him more in the running game. And I think that especially, like, the worse the weather gets, the more they're going to want to run with Allen because he's huge and hard to bring down. Um, Plus, then you take away the risk of handoffs and that sort of thing. So I would expect this to be one of the bigger Allen rushing games of the year um, the Patriots are really good against the pass and below average against the run. So, and the bills don't have running back. So I think that Allen will have a good game on the ground, probably something like 50, 60 yards and a touchdown. And then even if he doesn't really throw for much, I still think he'll probably have a back end QB one week because of the rushing production. Okay. Mike thoughts. Yeah, I agree. I agree with, with, with Walker, the, but this kind of this New England defense kind of scares me. Uh, he could he could be shut down quite easily as we saw with the Colts. But I, in no means do I think of a reason not to start Josh Allen. 
Okay. Yeah. So that that's getting too cute, as we say. Yeah. So um, I was going to talk about some guys, but I realized they are all in Walker's win, loser, draw. So let's do that. Yeah. Uh, win, loser, draw. Matt Breida, Stefan Diggs, and Dawson Knox. Well, it's hard for Breida to not be the win because he hasn't been playing. But I I don't picture a big game for Breida. I just think he has a good chance of ripping off like a 30-yard touchdown, which we talked about on the ranking show. Um, I think Diggs is actually a win because uh, when they look at like um, snow games, it tends to favor the offense because if you know which direction you're going, it is easier for you to change directions in snow than it is for defenders to try to react in snow. Um, the only issue is the winds. Um, if there's gusts, they tend to be a problem, but sustained winds, unless they're over like 20 miles per hour, don't tend to be a huge issue. And I think Docs is going to be a draw. I think four for 40 with a chance at a touchdown is in, is in the cards for or I guess Knox would be the loss, but I still think four for 40 um, is his quote unquote loss. Yeah, I switch. I think Knox is the draw and Diggs is the loss. He's the loss. You calling Stefan Diggs a loser? He's a loser. Well, the way he's played this year outside the last three or four games, he's been a loser. So Mike's going to fight Stefan Diggs and Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I'm going to fight him. Let's go. Good luck. Um, Walker, what are your thoughts on your own win loser draft? Uh, I'm gonna go with the loss as uh, I'm gonna go with the loss as Stefan Diggs. Just again, he's the best player on the offense, and the Patriots are very good at shutting down the best player on your offense. J.C. Jackson's been incredible this year. Um, I just figure they'll key on him, and the pass game probably won't be very efficient regardless. Uh, I'll go with a draw for Dawson Knox. Um, he'll probably get enough of the little dump off screen stuff to get like four for 30 or something so he won't be like god awful but i wouldn't i would say it's unlikely he scores in this game and then yeah i'll give Breida the win because i think it's transitioning to him being the one a and singletary being the one b and the pats run defense is not great yeah and um zach moss being a healthy scratch last week um which you know he's bad at football He's not very good, folks. So uh, who wins this one? And I'm going with Buffalo. I'm also going with the Bills. Let's go, New England-o. Oh, this guy loves this guy loves Bill Belichick. Hell yeah. If there's one thing I know about Mike, he loves Bill Belichick. And I just want to say, shout out JC Jackson for absolutely carrying my IDP team. Thank you very much for your seven picks and, four, and 16 passes defended so far this year. Much appreciated, buddy. So... All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to add about any game? Anything at all? Anything you wanted to say that you couldn't get out? Uh, I'm excited to watch Godwin Iguabuki. Godwin Iguabuki. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how that He's goes. very fun. Yeah. Uh, same with... Uh, oh, God. I always Darwin mess it up. No. Uh, no. Ken, Ken Wongwu. Oh, Kenny Nwongu is going to get some action, too. Heck, yeah. Yeah, buddy. Sleep get with these guys All rolling. Right. All right. Thank and, you for it. Oh. And my one, uh, hold on. I, I think you you might be able to flex Mike Boone real sneaky in a deep league. Boom. Mike Boone. Uh, more He's like gonna Mike. Boom. I was going to say, yeah, more like Mike Boom, folks. All right. That'll do it uh, for this episode of the Football Series Podcast. We will be back next week to talk week 13 uh and our uh, review and week 14 preview which folks it's the fantasy playoffs they're here 
It's going to be the fantasy playoffs in Scott Fishbowl next week. So uh, strap in. For Mike and Walker, this is Jeff. Uh, thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Bye. Meet Mike in Temecula. <laughs> <laughs>